0: Passage that we read, it starts with an interesting word. It starts with, as we see in the English, it starts with this word called perhaps. 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 Perhaps, perhaps there's another way of saying this entire situation. Perhaps. This, perhaps, is not conveying doubt or uncertainty. It's like saying, maybe you could see it this way. Paul is telling Philemon, don't look at this as a slave running away. Running, a slave running away, especially if the master was Christian, it wasn't a good thing, especially culturally. It was viewed as a bad thing, as something wrong. Us, with our modern eyes, obviously, because... Or the, of the Christian ideal that every person is made in the image of God. We know that slavery is wrong. But still, we have to understand the culture. The, the Philemon would have seen this as defiance, as in so, uh, not being s- subordinate. He would have seen this as something wrong, as something bad. And in fact, if you look at the apostles, they also say that if you were a slave that you honor your slave master, that's how you change their hearts. So Onesimus leaving Philemon, running away, it wasn't a good thing. So we could right here, at least culturally, it wasn't seen. And again, if you want to follow along on your notes, that's totally fine. But we could say he's running away right from Philemon. We'll call him Phil. How about that? All right, so uh, Onesimus, he runs away from Phil, and this is not seen as a good thing. It's seen as something bad. But Paul says, perhaps. Perhaps there's another way of seeing this. And he says, perhaps, verse 15, The reason he was separated from you, that word separated, the idea of that is that God separated them, that he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave. So he's saying, perhaps look at this differently. Yes, in the physical, it looks wrong. In the natural, it looks wrong. But perhaps there is another way of saying this. Why? Because when God is involved, there is always a different perspective. There is always a different way of saying things. So yes, Philemon left Left Philemon. Uh, Onesimus left Philemon. I mean, oh, left <laughs> I got to be careful. But um, yes, he left him. And it does look wrong. It does look like something messed up. But God is involved in the situation. So perhaps instead of seeing this as a wrong thing, as just a slave running away, perhaps we could see this as God separating Onesimus so that Onesimus would become a Christian, So that he would become part of the family of God. And this is a house. So that he would become part of God's family. Yes, it looked dark, but God made this into a good situation. And God does that over and over again. This talk about evil turning into good. This talk appears over and over in the Bible. And you might even remember, it was one of the first instances. If you remember this guy, his name, was na- his name was Joseph. Joseph, he was in a horrible situation as well. He was sold into slavery in Egypt. He went to Egypt. Why? Because of his brothers. His brothers were jealous of Joseph. His brothers were jealous that Joseph, he was the attention, the object of Jacob's love. So Joseph's brother sent him into Egypt within chains as a slave. He went to it. That looks horrible. Imagine that. It's a horrible picture. But God is involved. So perhaps instead of seeing this as just a sad picture, seeing this as something negative as something evil. This is evil. This is wrong. But when God has a plan, just like he had a plan with Onesimus, and just as he has a plan with every single one of you, He could make a situation that looks horrid, looks horrible, and he could make that situation look good. For Joseph, when God got involved, what happened? Joseph became second to Pharaoh. He became a ruler in the land of Egypt. He entered Egypt as a slave, but eventually, because God turns what is evil for his people into good, because God does that, Joseph became second to Pharaoh, and he was able to feed, and this is going to be bread, uh, to feed his people. You know, I don't know what you guys are going through, and sometimes things could look very evil. Things could look bad, horrible. Seriously, it could look disgusting at home. But look, maybe you are like Onesimus, You, you decided to do something wrong. Onesimus decided to run away. Or maybe you're like Joseph, something was done unto you and it looks horrible. But let me tell you, when God is involved, he turns what is evil into good. God has good. In store for his people. And he uses things that look evil, things that look dark, things that look like there's no hope. And from that, he, does, he makes good. And it's crazy how God works. Because it's mysterious, it's different, and here Paul is helping us understand. Here Paul is trying to tell Philemon, look, Perhaps there's a different way of saying this. Perhaps God changed Onesimus so that he would come back home, not as a slave, but as a brother, to come back home as a, a, a person who follows Christ. The Bible says that Paul that Onesimus, he came back home for forever, for good, not for a little bit, but for good, as some translations put it. And Philemon's probably saying this, and he's saying, okay, maybe, perhaps, there is much more than Onesimus just leaving me. Perhaps, there is much more than what we could see with our eyes. Perhaps, There's something spiritual taking place and now I have the option to either respond in the physical or in the spiritual. I could give a typical response in the physical. I could ignore that God is involved. And what would be typical in that culture? In the Roman culture, Philemon has the option to do whatever he wants to punish Onesimus. Whatever he wants. That's doing it in the physical, if he just sees it as a slave running away. But we have the decision, just as Philemon did, to respond, not just in the physical, but in the spiritual. See that there is something taking place that maybe we can't see. So Philemon could be like, I'm going to respond in the physical, It's just a slave running away. I'm going to punish him however I want to punish him. Or he could see it in the spiritual. God is involved. This person is not just a runaway slave. He is a dear brother. You know, Philemon, we, we know that within the letter of Philemon, we hear about brother, son. We hear all of these terms, father. The Philemon is full of these, this familial theme. It's about family. We, we know that. Philemon would have seen God as his father. And whenever we refer to God as father, yes, we are talking about his power. We are talking about his strength. But we're also saying that as a father, he does things that we don't understand. There's a fly that's bothering me. Uh, Jesus, help me. But when we see God as a father, we're saying that not just that he's powerful and strong and mighty, but we're also saying that there are things that he does that us as children, as his children, we're not going to understand. You know, I I remember as a child, and I'm sure many of you have had this experience, you you might remember seeing your dad going to work every day, and you're like, why is my dad leaving me every day, and you don't understand why it's taking place. You, You might ask your dad, hey, could I get something, and your dad says no, and you're like, I don't understand why he's doing things like this. Philemon is in a similar boat. He might have not understood why God used this this scene or, or a slave running away. Why did God use this? It might have not been clear. But just like a son who trusts that God, that their father is doing the right thing, that's what Philemon had to do, trust. A father acts in ways that the son or daughter will not understand. Sometimes he uses things that may appear wrong to us. How dare you say the no word, the N word, saying no. How dare you say, tell me no. That looks wrong. That looks evil. But really, the Father has good intentions. And even though we can't see it, even though we don't understand it, and it feels wrong, it is possible that God has good and I'm saying that he does. It's not, even, not just possible. It is. So even though we don't understand it, there's a lot of things that we don't understand. God uses evil things for good. And we trust that he does things for good. And through this, through a runaway slave, I believe that this letter was a catalyst to abolish slavery The call for Philemon, what what Paul is calling for is much more than the abolishment of slavery. He's calling Philemon to not just stop seeing Onesimus as a slave, but to see him as a brother. That's a deeper call. But the point that I'm making right now is that God, he he works through messy things. He, he, He works through humans, good and bad humans. And he works sometimes in things that don't make sense. Usually we think that the assertive, the strong, the powerful, that's what's going to bring change. But as as we see with Paul and the way that he is a leader, he he does it in a compassionate way. He does it through self-sacrifice. He does it through forgiveness, through reconciliation. God brings lasting change, true change, not just by putting a, being hard-handed, heavy-handed, and just changing everything. He does it through people, through messy people, through good and bad people, through good and bad events. That's how he brings change. And lasting change, as God's people, we understand that it comes through reconciliation, through Thinking about others first, through love. We get to Paul's request. The request that he makes is kind of simple. He says, welcome Onesimus. Welcome him. Him. As you would welcome me. Welcome him as you would welcome me. That's Paul's request. That is what Paul wants Philemon to do. He's not commanding him. He's not using his his apostolic authority authority. He is making an appeal out of love. He's giving Philemon an opportunity, the chance to respond out of love, not out of obedience, but out of love first. Of course, Paul wants um, Onesimus to come home and be welcomed by Philemon. Of course he wants that, but he's going to plead with Phile- with Philemon. This, uh, this request is pretty shocking. It is pretty shocking because, it, try, try to put it, in ways that you could understand it, the, the type of shock that would come. Of course, it's different, but think of 200 years ago, over two centuries ago, here in America there was slavery. And imagine that a slave would run away. Would run away and would go up north, maybe he meets a Quaker or another Christian leader who believed that slavery was wrong. And the, slave, and the Christian leader writes this letter, gives it to the slave, and the slave runs back home to be with the slave master whom he had run away from. Imagine the type of shock when when the, the slave master reads, welcome the slave who just ran away from you as you would welcome me, a Christian leader. That's what is taking place here. Philemon is going to welcome Onesimus, a slave who ran away, just as he would welcome Paul, an apostle. That is the type of welcome we need to demonstrate. That's the type of welcome that God demonstrated to us. Maybe you remember back when Oscar, he preached about the prodigal son. This should sound familiar. Somebody runs away, leaves. And now Philemon has the opportunity to welcome Onesimus back, who ran away. The prodigal son, the, we know the story. The son, he leaves, he goes home, he, he leaves with the inheritance, he uses his money without regard, and he just it, it comes back home. And the father, he doesn't have resentment towards his son, but he has love and he welcomes. His son with love. That is what happens with us. God, he he loves us. He keeps us in his family. But we run away. We leave our father with our sin. We rebel against him. We are like the runaway slave to a degree. We mess up. We think that we could do it by ourselves. But then, fortunately, we have a God who is gracious, who is loving, that it doesn't matter what we have done, we could always run back and be welcomed by our Father. We could always go back to God, and He will always welcome us. That is the type of welcome that we as Christians need to demonstrate God demonstrates that type of welcome. He shows us welcome everyone openly. And now Philemon, he has the opportunity to be Christ-like, to be like God by welcoming Onesimus. Because we have been welcomed by God, we should welcome others as well, freely, openly. And that's what Belimun is supposed to do with Onesimus. I think if that is shocking, and it should be shocking, if you immerse yourself in the reading. But if that shocks you, this next part is going to shock you even more. So we know that <clears throat> here is uh, I just put a half fill, and we'll call one, or Onesimus. So we know that he ran away, okay? And by the way, welcome here is not just like saying hi. It's more of like saying that you welcome him, you, you invite him to your house. You, you say that you're part of the family. That, that's how the first readers would have understood it. Uh, they would have understood it as essentially saying, my house is your house, or as it's very commonly said in the Hispanic culture, mi casa estu casa. That is essentially what Philemon was doing to Onesimus. It's that type of closeness. But we see here with Philemon and we see it here with Onesimus that he had run away, right? And when he ran away, it was a very common thing for slaves, runaway slaves to steal from Philemon. Very common. We don't know whether he did. I I am under the inclination that he did because it makes sense with the text. Um, But either way, if he ran away, he, he hurt Philemon's business, his productivity. So he hurt Philemon somehow. So Paul says that he would get in the way of this debt. Onesimus owed Philemon. He said, if Onesimus, since Onesimus owes you anything, Paul, he gets in the way and he says, Paul, and he gets in the way. He says, I will pay for whatever it is that he owes you. Paul wants reconciliation to take place so bad that he's willing to pay a debt that he does not deserve. Onesimus owes the debt. So Onesimus should be the one who pays the debt. But Paul, he, he gets in the way. He puts himself in between Philemon and Onesimus. And he says, I will take the charges. And that's similar. He, 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 Paul's being fatherly. I'm sure that you know, uh, if you're a father or if you become a parent or a mother, you know that if your son does anything wrong or if your daughter does anything wrong, you will pay for whatever uh, your son or daughter has broken or whatever debt that your your child has. And that's what Paul is doing. He's being fatherly to Onesimus. But this type of language should really make you think of what happened with you and and God. You should really think back to the cross with this. Because... If you think about it, we are like Onesimus in the sense that we left God. We left God. And we destroyed his economy. We destroyed his kingdom. We rebelled against him. God created a perfect world and we brought sin and death to this world. We rebelled. We have a debt that we owe with god we should be punished but what happened what happened was that christ came and he got in between the debt and he took the debt that We owed God, just like Paul took the debt that Onesimus owed Philemon. Jesus Christ took the debt that we owed God. He paid the price. He said it was finished, that the the payment was complete. What Paul is doing here, he is bearing the mind of Christ. This takes being Christ-like to another level. He's taking the debt that he did not deserve. He's taking the debt of a brother so that that person could be part of God's family. Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, he was taking our debt. He was taking the... We we had to pay this amount and he paid it in full on the cross. And now... We could be part of God's family just like Onesimus could be part of Philemon's family. This takes being Christ-like to another level. Think about it. We, as people of God, we should be Christ-like just as Paul was Christ-like. We should tell to a brother or sister a debt that they owe we're like, we got it. We will pay for it. We will help you with whatever situation you're going through so that you could experience reconciliation. That is the type of love that we see Paul doing. Charge it to me, he said. And that's what he sees it in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I'll take your sins. I'll take your pain. I'll take your debt to the cross and to the grave. That takes being Christ-like to another level, but that is exactly what we need to do. And then we end with the last part. He, he goes on to talk in the last section about people who were with him. He talks about Epaphras. He talks about Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. We know Luke. He was the writer of the Gospel of Luke. Um, And they all just say hi. And he also talks about prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored. Um, That's good news because that means that he will be out of prison soon. So interesting facts. But before that, he talks about that uh, refresh my heart. So this idea about refreshing my heart. We, we, we've looked at this several times. In the very beginning, we saw Philemon. He was known for what? Refreshing the hearts of the saints. And then Paul says that Onesimus is his very heart. And now he is ending with saying, refresh my heart. We should refresh each other's hearts. We should be known as people that we want to make sure that you feel relaxed, that you feel like with joy, that you feel refreshed. Whenever we see each other, that your heart is renewed, we should be known like that. So Philemon, he, Paul is giving Philemon a chance, an opportunity to show the, the refreshing power that he had with the entire body of Christ. Now he could do it with Paul. By welcoming Onesimus. We should be known as people who refresh hearts. And I I think we do fairly well as a church here in Encounter Church. We are, uh, we do love each other. It seems that way. Amen. Yes. Uh, We do love each other. We care for each other. And I think it's pretty easy. I don't think there's really any bitterness against anybody We're a pretty small church, so it's really hard to get angry. We'll know right away, like, hey, what's going on? But um, but we we should be known to refresh the hearts of people who it might be hard to refresh the hearts of. It would have been hard for Philemon to refresh the heart of Onesimus. Really hard. Extremely difficult. Slave master. Wealthy. Refreshing the heart of a slave? Unheard of. But that is what our Christian faith is all about. The Christian faith is not just about learning things up here, keeping them within our brain. The Christian faith is bringing it down to our heart, into our hands, into actions, and welcoming one another, refreshing the hearts of one another. So that is the... Book of Philemon. It's an interesting book. It's a very small book, but it is a powerful book. And I want to conclude with some reflections. I I really pray that the Holy Spirit, there's different ways to apply this, very different ways, but I, I know that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit, how can I apply the book of Philemon into my life? In my experience, I've picked up how Paul is a, le- a leader within this letter. He had a lot of authority as an apostle. He was theologically trained. He-, he could have used like theological rhetoric. He's like, Onesimus is made in the image of God. Philemon, therefore, welcome him. He could have just had a heavy hand. But instead, he prayed, looked at the situation, and allowed himself to be part of the solution. He knew that reconciliation, true reconciliation, would only occur when the debt is dealt with, when, when the problems are dealt with. And he was willing to put himself in the problem, in the situation, so that resolution may occur. He also saw that there was an opportunity for Philemon to practice what he says he believes. He believes in a loving God, So he gave him the opportunity to show that love. He could have commanded Philemon, accept Onesimus, and Philemon, out of respect for Paul, he would have done that. But Paul, in his wisdom, he said, he, he was pleading with him, asking, appealing on morality and on the basis of love, that Philemon, and I know I've repeated this, but it's important to understand. Philemon would, un- would follow Paul, not because he was manipulated or because of obedience, but because of love, out of free will. He made space for Philemon to show the love of God to Onesimus. Ministers, all ministers are supposed to be skillful, but not a handyman. We're supposed to be knowledgeable, a professional, but we're not manipulators. I am not going to manipulate you to do things. Instead, what I've learned from Paul is that I should plead on the basis of love, having confidence that you will do the right thing, praying and showing you, giving you an opportunity to act out of your own free will so that you could do the right thing. You will do the right thing because you know what the right thing is. You know what the right thing is because you have experienced God's love. My goal is that people will know God's tender love for them. And I think Paul's ministry really allows for that, but this isn't just for me. How, how, how can you embody the love of Christ? How can you create space to show the love of God or to allow or to allow others to show the love of God? One scholar said, when we continue to position ourselves to gain power, when we're always looking to have more and more power over others rather than to empower them as agents of God's grace, our congregations and families will simply fail to bear witness to God in our world. It's not through manipulation. It's not by me saying you better or else. No, it's through the love of God, through the cross of Christ. And because of that, we will welcome everyone, even if they're different from us. We will follow the model of Christ. We will follow how Paul followed. 1 Corinthians 11.1. I I remember this passage when we were reading this. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We're supposed to follow Paul as he is a mediator in between to bring reconciliation. Look at Christ. According to Philippians 2, he had all the authority in the world. He was equal to God, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a slave. He became man, and he went to the cross. He, went to the, he didn't deserve the cross, but in obedience to the Father, he took the cross to Calvary. And he took it so that we could be cured. We had a curse, but Jesus took that curse upon himself. And I hope when I say this, you could say amen and amen. But not only that, we see, yes, this worked, work, but we should... Adopt that mentality that Christ had. Adopt the mind of Christ, just as Paul adopted the mind of Christ. We are going to do the will of the Father here on the earth. We are going to do whatever possible to imitate Christ, his love, his mercy. We want Redemption to take place. We want adoption to take place. We want reconciliation to take place. We are peacemakers. And I will close with the words of a scholar. As Christians, as people who are sinners, redeemed from the slavery of sin, as Christians, we need to extend this grace that God has given us to others by humbling ourselves and taking place of powerless ones. Paul identifying himself with the slave, saying that a slave is his own heart, and taking place of powerless ones as we serve as mediators who are able to preach the gospel, not just through our words. But through our living. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your wisdom. And I pray that this week we may bear the mind of Christ. In Philippians 2, you teach us to bear the mind of Christ. And to do that doesn't mean that we have power or authority. Bearing the, na- the mind of Christ is being humble and getting ourselves involved in situations, saying that we will take the tab of people who, who deserve being in debt. We will take their place. We will pay the price on their behalf. Why? Because we learn from Jesus Christ that he paid the price on our behalf, even when we didn't deserve it. Jesus, we follow you. We follow you this week. Give us wisdom. Show us how we could apply the book of Philemon this week. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen.